1: You're on Cricket. Cricket Core acquired on four lines. Data speed limited to three megabits per second. Cricket may slow data speeds when the network is busy. Additional fees, usage, and restrictions apply.
0: Have you ever described a job you had as a nightmare? Maybe it was a crazy demanding boss, a nutty coworker, or just insane everything. If you've ever had a workplace where you had to say, you can't make this up on a daily basis, we want to hear about it. Anonymously, of course, on our new podcast office horror stories each week we'll play back your calls read your stories and discuss the craziest most extreme and intense workplaces of all time but to do that we need your stories if you have a crazy workplace story in your past or maybe even present tell us about it anonymously just call toll free 1-833-HATE-JOB that's 833-HATE-JOB Or write in your story on our website, Stories.com. We don't want your name. We don't want the name of the workplace. We just want your story. So you can go ahead and let it all out anonymously. Call toll-free 1-833-833 hate job that's 1-833-HATE-JOB or write in your story on our website officehorrorstories.com that's officehorrorstories.com now you have an outlet to share the craziness that is or was your office then stay tuned as we launch the new podcast office horror stories this fall tell us your story now at HorrorStories.com. Today on Real Ghost Stories Online, a tombstone on a residential property leads some to wonder if the spirits are still above ground. Also, a nightmare comes to life in a situation that will never be forgotten. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown, and quite possibly, the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That it is. 855-853-4802 is our phone number to call in and share your Real Ghost Stories with us. Right on the website, realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, And if you like the show, the way that we uh, get support for this thing to uh, fund it and keep it on the air is uh, through you guys being uh, EPPs. It's kind of like the VIP section, if you will. As an EPP, an extra podcast person is what it stands for. You get bonus episodes of the show weekly, brand new ones that come out. You get advanced episodes of the show released to you as an EPP weeks before they go to the public, all commercial free. You can binge away on it. Without the ads. Uh, you also get advanced uh, access to ticket sales and other just fun stuff throughout your video content and more. You can sign up at ghostpodcast.com or through Patreon. If you like that platform, it's patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. Hi. I think we have a, uh, a horror story we can, uh, we can kind of share. that uh, It doesn't involve the dead. Uh, it involves the living. Uh, it involves a chandelier, a chandelier <laughs> that you oh wanted to make God. creepy, or, or we love rusting out things. what yeah. um, you you can say this much more eloquently than I can go ahead.
1: well, there's a a treatment that you can put on things to make them rust without rusting completely through the metal. Mm-hmm. So I have a chandelier that is completely rusted, and I love that thing. Mm-hmm. I just love it was love at first sight, had to have it, had to learn how they did it. And doing it to another one as we speak. Mm-hmm. But the chandelier I wanted to do this to, we found on Marketplace.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We were going to go get it. Facebook. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so when we got there to take a look at it, things went bad pretty quick.
0: You want me to take
1: over? Yeah.
0: Okay. So, so I don't know what are uh, what's going on, but we've had, like, I used to use Craigslist a lot to get stuff. Yeah. used repurposed um, but i i don't know just the the odds of of running into sane responsible people have not been good as of late um so we get there and we, we get to this house and okay it's fine it's a average neighborhood um, and go knock on the door and this woman told us the time to come yeah we didn't say hey we're gonna just show up
1: no she, and we we killed time because it was in a town you know a distance yeah. away from here we killed time in that town for a couple of hours just yeah to be there at the time that worked for her
0: to meet the time that she set yes so we get to the place the house at the agreed upon time go knock on the door and we hear this screaming inside like the hell yeah and um at first i thought it was the mom but mm-hmm. I, I didn't know um, screaming at a little infant um and, and the door opens and it's her 10 year- old daughter screaming at an infant and we're like hi is your mom here we're here to, to get the uh the chandelier mm-hmm. or look at it oh I'm the only one home right now uh, you guys can come on in <laughs> like no we're good we'll be out here and that to me is just that is that right there is the epitome of the horror of this whole thing is I mean it's us. We're safe people, but I'm not going to go into somebody's house when their kids are there. No, and 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 the thing is, it this lady doesn't know us from Adam, doesn't know anything about us, who we are, what we are, other than we want to buy this what chandelier. What
1: we even look like? Yeah, yeah.
0: And and was totally cool with leaving her ten-year-old daughter home alone, watching the baby, which is illegal. Yeah. Um, and 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 the daughter never having been taught. A, don't open the door for strangers, and B, don't invite them into your house. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, what, and and I'm not necessarily faulting the 10-year-old. She's a product of absolute shit parenting. But it's just like, oh my God.
1: Well, I think it goes further than just her parenting. I think it goes all the way to the grandparents. Step
0: two. Yes. (laughs) So we finally get a hold of the lady. Um... Who's like, oh, I just, I, I had something I had to, to go to. I completely forgot about it. Okay.
1: You and I have our suspicions on what that was.
0: Yeah. Need to go uh, get drugs? Uh, and uh, just, she went in and I didn't ask for an explanation, but no. very vague, very vague as to why she had to flee the home, leaving your 10-year-old in charge when she already set up an appointment with people less than a couple hours earlier. Well, my, my dad lives like just a couple hours, just a couple minutes away. He'll be there in, in two minutes, 25 minutes later. Uh, the dad shows up and, uh, oh, yeah, I, she bought a whole bunch of these things online. I thought she was going to make a bunch of money off of them. I'm like, okay, whatever. Oh, boyfriend's a slob. This is a slob job over here. This is, oh, he's just a man. I'm like, I don't, I don't care. It's like clearly not good decision making is going on in this home. But I just want to see the chandelier. Yeah. Uh, so... We see it. It's not working. Uh, And I I think we're going to pass. Thank you for coming and showing it to us. I appreciate it. And then when we walked out of the house and he was walking us out, I said, Hey, you know, from, from one father to another, I want to tell you something that's really concerning. I said, we came here. Your daughter doesn't know us from Adam. We expressed interest in buying an item. She told us to come to this house at a certain time. We showed up now It's us. We're safe people. Our daughter is with us. We may not have been safe people for all she knew. Yeah, we could have been predators, could have been anything that showed up. And your granddaughter invited us into the house, told us specifically the first thing that she's home alone. Uh, And you have two children here, a baby and, and one that's not much older. Yeah, they're pretty trusting kids. You know, those kids are just so trusting. Almost like it's a point of pride.
1: That And, and like, yeah, they, I mean, they got good manners. Like, he thought that that was good manners that she almost let strangers into the house with just them.
0: I don't know if he thought I was complimenting this absolute horrible situation that could have occurred. I'm like, no, no, this, it's not safe. What's going on here? Like, they shouldn't be doing that. That's not good. Yeah, they just got the those, those manners. They just they they're trusting.
1: It, it it was just a complete loss. Oh, I mean, geez. you you tried three different ways to explain to him your concern.
0: And eventually, just walked away.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was not picking up what we were putting down as far as strange danger. Um, especially since there's more than one chandelier. This isn't a one off thing. She's oh. going to be having people come there, and and you know, I mean, the parents parenting gene or whatever it is in us. We're like, uh, this is just not safe, you know. Yeah. We just can't just not be concerned, <laughs> and so, uh. that was a hard one. I, that was one where I'm like, I have so little faith in people sometimes, you know. Oh my
0: god, I, I, and it's, 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 I was expecting to be met with, yeah, I'm gonna talk to her about that, you know, something where it's like, yeah, you're probably not gonna do shit, but I wasn't expecting to be met with utter just ignorance on like this warning, like almost taking it as a compliment. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, it's like, what do you do? There's nothing I can do. I, I mean, I can't like call the cops. I can't, nothing's going to happen. But it's just like, oh my God, these poor children. The, this, These are the parental figures that are going to raise these kids to probably repeat the same shit. Yeah. And God, I you know, I hope nothing ever happens to them. But when you have that sort of, Parental care. Jeez.
1: Yeah.
0: So that's our horror story of the
1: weekend. And <laughs> We'll get off our soapbox, yeah. but yeah, yeah. that could have gone really bad.
0: It's scary. It was a scary person story. Mm-hmm. It's going to be another podcast. Scary people stories. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: Fuck the ghosts. People nightmares. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Let's go to a, uh, a ghost story because sometimes they're less scary than the humans. Uh, it says, my name is Mariah. I live in a Northern uh, California, closer to Oregon. I tried to submit this story before, but I think I lost a connection. So I apologize if you find it. First off, I think I may be living in a haunted apartment or at least a haunted country. Complex. I should have realized the warning signs before I moved in, but I completely ignored them. I moved into my apartment with my fiance in the beginning of March of 2019. He and I were meeting up with the landlord of the apartment complex the week before moving in to sign the lease. When we arrived, we were unable to sign papers in the actual unit we were moving into because the power was not on yet. So we went upstairs to the empty unit. The upstairs unit was left very dirty, and you can see why the previous tenants had moved out. They destroyed the place. As we walked through the doors and into the kitchen area, we noticed something that was left behind. A marble tombstone of someone who passed in December of last year. Seemed like it might be a joke because underneath the engraved name, it looked like someone had carved it by hand, the date of birth and death. It was still very odd to be sitting in an empty apartment. My fiance and I looked at each other and dropped our jaws, and as soon as we saw it, We found it a bit odd that we happened to sign a lease for an apartment next to the tombstone that was left behind because we just recently started ghost hunting more often and had been visiting graveyards with our team. Despite the tombstone, we signed the lease and moved in. I blessed the apartment myself as I've had to do this many other times with many other houses that I've lived in. I thought this was necessary for this apartment, even more so than others, due to the tombstone left behind in the upstairs unit. At first, I felt nothing when we first moved in. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary. It was after I blessed the house that I felt and started to feel something different. Ever since then, I've seen shadows and flickers of light randomly throughout the apartment. At first, I thought I was paranoid until one day when I was folding laundry. I was sitting on my floor in my room folding laundry and my cat was eating at the food bowl, which is placed to the left of my bedroom door inside my room. I was sitting where I could see the small apartment hallway directly in front of me. Suddenly, I saw a sliver of what appeared to be a black shadow move, and it looked as if it was heading towards the bathroom. I would have just shaken this off as my eyes playing tricks on me, but my cat looked up as soon as I did. She was staring at the hall right where I saw the shadow. She then stopped eating and walked into the hall and laid down as if she was letting someone pet her stomach. I got up instantly and turned on my EMF meter to see if it would spike. However, nothing came through. My fiancé came into my room soon after to get his laundry, and he noticed I was bothered. He asked me what was wrong, and I told him, I think something's following me, and it's pissing me off. As soon as I said that you could hear this his Xbox turn itself on in the living room, I looked up at him and said, Your Xbox just turned on, implying that this was proof that there was really a spirit messing with me. Him being skeptical went and tried to explain why it could have turned on, but I feel like it was just too perfect of timing. Another thing that happened within that week that made me feel a bit on edge had to do with the tombstone we saw upstairs. I came home from work one evening and walked up to the back door since it's easier to access in the front and noticed that the tombstone had been thrown off the top of the balcony. I figure it was from the contractor cleaning out the unit and he probably didn't want to walk out of the unit carrying a tombstone, so what better way of getting rid of it? Just throw it off the balcony. This time, I took a picture and searched the name of the person who was on it. Now, this is where it gets weirder. Turns out this person was, in fact, very real and was shot by police officers after being involved in a high-speed chase back in December. I've attached a picture of the tombstone. If you want to search the person, just type in the name and the date. Uh, it's very odd, and I'm unsure of what is going on in my apartment. It feels like someone is watching me and following me ever since I blessed the house. Anyways, thank you for reading. I'll keep you posted if anything out of the ordinary continues to happen.
1: That's nuts. Tombstones are not cheap, so it's kind of like, why would they, the people that have that apartment upstairs, why would they get one and then just leave it?
0: Well, with prime shipping, they are a little bit cheaper.
1: Yeah. Can you get a tombstone on Amazon?
0: You can. I've asked this question on the air before. Okay. And I got a plethora of responses,
1: including links. I did not realize that.
0: Uh, You can get them, and you can get them customized and sent to you. Now, here's a. I was going to say a lot of because a lot of them are kind of smaller. Uh, like little slate, you know, rectangles mm-hmm. that go right into the ground, um, and those range from anywhere from thirty-four bucks to about one hundred and fifty. But if you want um, a stand-up granite memorial headstone, um, yeah, decent size. This looks uh, yeah, uh, three. Well, this one, this one is not prime, but it's three sixty-seven ninety-nine plus one forty-two ninety-nine shipping, so about five hundred ish. So. Not cheap, but cheaper than I would think for a tombstone. I guess I don't, I have no reference point. I've never bought a tombstone, but I, my, in my mind, I guess these stand up ones that are kind of bigger, I would have th- thought go for into the thousands, but maybe I'm, I'm wrong. I don't know.
1: I don't know. I, I still think for somebody that uh, the type of person that it sounds like lived there mm-hmm. completely trashed their apartment, left it trashed, they're probably not the kind to have 500 to spend on a, tombstone for and then, fun yeah and then leave it yeah that's a you know expensive joke
0: <laughs> it is an expensive joke and i mean it, it it makes you wonder was you know is the tombstone was it was it purchased by the family member that lived there and then they were gonna you know g- g- here's what's interesting because you can buy some of these without getting them engraved i think it's cheaper if you don't get it engraved and and assuming you're going to have it engraved locally mm-hmm Um, and I wonder if, you know, here's my thought process is, uh, did someone buy this tombstone with the thought, I'm going to get it engraved locally. They discovered that that was going to be too expensive so they decided to try and engrave it themselves because that's what it sounds like happened. Yeah. They said it looks like it was hand engraved, which I'm sure was not look the greatest. Mm-hmm. And then it was never placed as the marker in the area where it was supposed to be placed. It's still sitting in this apartment. Is this person who the grave is for haunting and, and not at rest because they don't have their marker? They don't have their piece of of marking where they're at. And is that why this this haunting is, is taking place. It's not so much that they want to disturb the people or harm the people. It's more so help me fix this.
1: Nah, I think it's because they had a violent death.
0: <laughs> just dismiss that one.
1: Well I think yeah. I think it's because they had a violent death. Okay. That person died in a high speed chase. Yeah. I, I don't remember if she said the, the police shot him or yeah. what, but you know, a violent death and you know uh, I'm guessing that whoever lived in that apartment was close enough to them that they would be the ones dealing with the headstone. Yeah. So maybe that's why they're still hanging around.
0: I thought I had a great story as that far as what because happened. Because there's
1: no headstone that that means they're free to haunt?
0: Well, that they were upset that they wanted their their marker. They wanted to be known where they're at.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, nah, wrong. Nah. <laughs> Sorry
0: really felt good about that Uh, totally just shit all over sorry (laughs) oh here's one you can get where you can actually get a oh this isn't like a mark this is um this is like one of those stick in the ground spikes um it is on granite though but it's thin granite and they can put your uh your picture engraved onto it
1: i'm gonna have a picture of a cat engraved on yours just because.
0: I'm funny. I'm looking at one right now. It says socks, 1999, 2017. But uh, well, there you go. I. Uh are there any prime gravestones? I don't see any prime items that are gravestones. It's going to be fucked up now because I'm looking at gravestones. And now every time I go to Amazon, it's going to go, are you looking for a grave? It's going to right. suggest it to me. Oh,
1: yeah. Well, it's it's in all your cookies now. So anytime you go to Facebook, <laughs> you're going to have all kinds of <laughs> memorial flowers and gravestones pop up in your advertising.
0: Ah, uh, good times. I uh, There was something the other day. And I know they say it doesn't do this. But I'd be. I'm. I'm getting very curious about it. Um, we have. Um, this is not an advertisement, but we we use uh, Alexa, the Amazon uh, mm-hmm. thing around the house, and we got a couple dots in different areas of the house. That's like their extension where you can you know speak in other rooms. Um, and we were talking about something remotely obscure, and I wish I remember what it was. But it was something, and I swear to God. Uh, I went on to Amazon 10 minutes later, 20 minutes later. And it was suggesting the items related to what we had been speaking about.
1: You you don't remember what we were talking about. I
0: don't. And it was nothing I had searched for. And I knew it was nothing I had actually typed into the search bar Mm -hmm. to find. Because I get that. That's how it works. That's marketing. You're using their service. You're typing it in. You're going to get. That's what it is. It's getting a little eerie when the shit you're talking about around your house is now showing up. In suggested items now, it could be a complete fluke. I don't know. It seemed a little too weird. I go ahead.
1: Well, I was just gonna say, let's watch that documentary and really get you paranoid.
0: No shit. <laughs> start putting foil in my wallet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but there was uh, uh, there there is an option now, and I did it. Uh, who knows if it works or not? But uh, there is an option. Uh, To turn off now on uh, Alexa devices, uh, them using your audio data to improve search results or or improve uh, service, whatever the hell it is, Uh, because they do do that. It's very rare that they say it's very rare that they actually a human being will listen to your audio Mm -hmm. to improve the response of Alexa's. Um, a lot of times it's computers that are analyzing because it's always listening. Yeah. Um, but they they do say that um, people sometimes do listen. You can now opt out of that. You can opt out of helping them improve Alexa. The same way I opt out of helping them improve Windows by letting them mm-hmm. read the shit on my screen. Um, but it was difficult to do that uh, up until recently. So I pressed off on those uh who knows, though? No. Well,
1: I'm glad you feel secure now.
0: I don't. I don't at all.
1: Okay, because I'm like, that's bullshit.
0: But that's why you just <laughs> say crazy shit all the time and then wait for the police to show up. Right. Like, how
1: did this happen?
0: Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. Uh, but, uh, no, it's uh, it's interesting. Very interesting. Are you comfortable with the idea of the robots knowing the things that you talk about in your house?
1: Not really. I mean, I like having the one... In the kitchen, mm-hmm. mainly because I like saying hollering out when something's empty in the fridge, hey, add this to the list. Yeah. And, list, and, and I like the music.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: about all I use it for. I don't know that I want a dot in every single room. I definitely don't like having one in the bedroom, so that's why we don't have one there. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like... I don't know about that because it you're right it does listen all the time and you really can't control and it's basically if you put one in your house that's basically saying I give you permission to listen
0: and, and I'm not super parent it's like I have nothing to hide I'm not afraid of, of saying anything that's going to incriminate me in anything I, I just I, I don't know that I like the um the, the that overt of marketing I, i've accepted the other like you type something in and then it shows up later okay i get it that's how it works yeah but the whole just speaking out loud and then it knowing i don't know maybe maybe 10 years from now i'm going to look back on that and we're like well, it's not a big deal just because we kind of keep moving the bar more and more of what's acceptable and what's not i oh, don't
1: know yeah. i mean remember how when the internet really took off how people were kind of like afraid of the internet yeah you know it's it's kind of it's such a mainstream thing now it's probably the same thing it's just we're now the older people that are like we're afraid of that you know that's new fangled technology you know like how long did it take for older people when people started being able to order things online to realize it's okay to order stuff online
0: yeah my mom just started doing it (laughs) and she's a cd player now too i like sorry mom they stopped carrying cds at the stores like what? They're back to records,
1: which is is a true statement.
0: (laughs) Uh, So that's that's kind of interesting. You go into like a big store now and, and half the time there's no CDs, but they have a record section. I love it. I love vinyl. It's kind of funny. Anyway, back to the ghost stories. 855-853-4802. Our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online to share your stories with us. Next one says, my first story is not so much a ghost story. It's an unexplained one. It began when I was 12 years old in seventh grade and living with my family in a two-story Cape Cod-style house with a basement. It was on a horseshoe-shaped street. Uh, There was uh, houses on what we always called the curve." ...of the street that faced our side of the house, which is where my bedroom was. I'd always been uneasy in my bedroom as well as in the basement of the house, but I'd never seen anything anywhere. I remember the next day, it was going to be a special day at school. We had a field trip planned for lunch, and I was going to bed early so that I could be up extra early to get ready. I fell into a deep sleep and began to dream... Let me say here that I never dreamt, or if I did, I never remembered them, but this was a nightmare. My neighbor's house on the curve was on fire, and Mr. H was running around in his front yard in his underwear, holding his head in his hands. I awoke from the dream. It was now fully light outside. I was sweating. My heart was beating out of my chest. Just then, the alarm rang. I sat up, got out of bed, and thought, I have to get ready for the field trip. I went to raise my blinds, and as I did, I saw my nightmare unfolding outside of my window. Mr. H was indeed running around in the front yard in his underwear, holding his head in his hands, but he was crying uncontrollably. I was frozen in place, looking out at the horror that was taking place. The fire was so hot that the windows and aluminum storm doors were melting in front of my eyes. I were pinching myself to see if I was awake. I'm sure it was only a matter of seconds, but I finally shook myself and ran down the stairs screaming, Dad, Dad, Mr. H's house is on fire. My dad bounced out of bed, yelled to my mom to call the fire department, and ran down to the basement to get his gear. My dad was on the fire department at that time, and not only was he a paramedic, but also a firefighter. Dad geared up and ran out the door and around the side of the house to Mr. H, but after shaking him and getting him to, and getting him to respond, he found that his wife... "...had not made it out. My dad was able to rescue her. He was always my hero, but even more so now. The back of her was badly burned, as were her arms and legs and her hair was gone, but she was alive. She was lying face towards a wall, which protected her enough that she didn't breathe in any of the fumes, except for a lot of smoke inhalation, nor was her face badly burned. The wall finish was practically pristine in that spot, but the rest of the house was a total loss." mr h's recovery was long and hard but she lived on for years afterward something or someone had certainly got my attention i was so shaken by the experience that my parents kept me home i never made that field trip and to this day i don't know what or who prompted my dream but i'm thankful that it did
1: that is a good dream oh that's not a good dream but that is a good story it's 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 scary, though, to wake up and see that that nightmare is real. And initially, you
0: could almost, you know, well, you're hearing it outside and then your mind's
1: playing uh, the picture. Yeah. I mean, none of the rescue personnel had shown up yet. No.
0: And it's a pretty vivid picture. Yeah. I mean, you could, you know, smell smoke. Like, oh, you dream of fire. But like to have the image of the neighbor running around in his underwear, then there he is running around in his underwear. That's pretty, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: pretty vivid. Yeah. Um, to to just be randomly uh, dreaming about um, yeah it sounds like something was involved there mm-hmm. to, uh, to to let the, uh, the the fire department know and to get uh, get some help and, and save his wife I, I wonder if he was ever able to share that story with mr h
1: yeah i don't know or how that
0: would go I mean that's like hey I' got a funny story for you remember the time your wife almost burned alive I dreamed about it. Pass the cornbread. You know?
1: Yeah, that's not how that would go. It's
0: not a... As much as you would like to share that type of a story, because it's such a weird coincidence, I don't know how it, that would ever come up.
1: Well, and then you have the believability aspect of it. Sure. You know, people that aren't very receptive or may not be very receptive to the thought of, you know, things, you know... Intervening? Intervening, yeah, that they may not believe you.
0: Sure. I could see that. You'll know, you you'll get the argument of, well, if there's something so powerful that did that, then why didn't it get her out first? Yeah. So she didn't have to suffer, you know, right. and all that. Yeah. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number at Real Ghost Stories Online. Next letter, it says, uh, my second story begins August of 1980 on the day my life, a day of my life that I believe no one uh, I hope no one will ever have to have happen to them, much less twice in one day. I was 25 with a two-year-old son. I got a call that something was wrong. My grandma, my mom's mom, lived in a six-story building designated as Senior Citizens Complex. They were mostly studio apartments with an emergency service cord. Should anyone have a medical emergency? They could pull the cord if they were able. There was no emergency signal from my grandma's apartment. My aunt was on her apart- was at her apartment. We were supposed to take Grammy to lunch with her that day on her lunch break. She couldn't get an answer when she knocked on Grammy's door. And this was not a good sign. When I arrived at the building, there were two emergency vehicles there, one rescue squad and a police car. As I got out of the car, the black coroner's wagon pulled up and I screamed no. And began to cry as I ran out of the car to the elevator just inside the door. Why is the elevator taking so long to come down? I thought as the door slowly opened, the policeman was standing there smiling when he saw me. He said good morning and then realized I was crying uncontrollably. I put my hands on him and pulled him out of the elevator. He said, I'm so sorry. I got out, of my, uh, got out of the way quickly. It's a wonder he didn't arrest me for accosting him, but I know he realized where I was going. Upstairs to the sixth floor, my worst fears had been realized. My parents and my aunt were there in my grandma's neighbor's apartment waiting for me to tell me that my precious grandmother had passed during the night. This was the first time in my 25 years I had experienced death. My parents had always sheltered us, and we were rarely ever heard of friends or acquaintances that passed until much later. The rest of that hour was a blur while we stayed in a neighbor's apartment, waiting for the coroner to take Grammy away. They asked my dad to come into her apartment and identify her. I remember hearing the gurney taking her away from us. I was numb, beginning to get a nagging headache from the highly emotional situation that we had just been through. I had to keep it together and drive home yet. Back at home afterward, I took some Tylenol, and since my husband at the time was home that day to watch my son, I was going to lay down and try to get rid of the headache. However, I got another phone call. My aunt, my dad's sister-in-law had just passed away. I've been very close to my aunt and uncle and even spent one summer there when I was 14 with her. My dad's brother and their boys traveling through the southern USA. What was happening in our family? I fell asleep for probably an hour and woke to stare at the ceiling, realizing that it had really happened. Grammy and my aunt had both passed away. I lay there thinking that the day was not over. There were funeral arrangements to be made. As I began to sit up, I looked at the foot of my bed and Grammy was standing there. There she was in her pink and white plaid house dress and her favorite baby blue sweater. Her silver-framed glasses were hanging on her silver eyeglass chain around her neck. I saw her wedding ring shining. I have them now. And she had on her white pearl clip-on earrings, and her hair was brushed into her favorite finger waves. As I looked at her, I said, Grammy, are you really here? And she had one message for me. She said, don't be afraid to come see me. I love you. It was gone. Immediately, the headache began to get much better. I was able to get up and face the task of going to the funeral homes to begin arrangements for the two funerals. Even though she had passed, I was beginning to heal because I knew she was okay. We had two funerals in two different funeral homes with two sets of calling hours each and two burials in two different cemeteries on the same day over the next three days. They were some of the roughest days of my life, but I believe I could never have handled them had Grammy not come. To see me, one last time.
1: That is terrible to have that happen. Yeah, I mean, I don't have much to say other than it's a pretty clear-cut death visit ghost story, but it's it's still terrible to have that happen.
0: To have it back to back and uh, just be able to, or just to be able to get through it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Although you have to look at it on the bright side. Depending on the church, it could be some delicious church basement lady lunches. How do you do that? Do you have double lunch if it's on the same day? So like lunch and dinner?
1: You know what? Brunch? If that's that thing that is like not really I don't know how to say this tactfully.
0: This is not a normal thing outside of Wisconsin. Is that what you're trying to, maybe, to get to?
1: Maybe that's kind of the gist <laughs> of what I was gonna say.
0: I don't know that it's a Wisconsin exclusive. I think you have it in a lot of northern type states. I guess Minnesota's in that bucket.
1: Maybe it's a Lutheran type thing. Maybe. Because every funeral I've been to, there was no wondrous buffet at the end of that.
0: Lots and lots of uh, casseroles and baked goods. Lots of baked goods. Yeah, it's like someone's dead. Like shit, break out the cookbook. Let's make some cookies.
1: Yeah, <laughs> medicate with sugar. For sure,
0: it's a lot of that that goes on. Every funeral that you've been to in Wisconsin, there's been like a a, a very large spread there has, yes. And and it's interesting as we talk about that because to me that's, people in Wisconsin, at least, I grew up Lutheran, so I went to a lot of Lutheran funerals, and Catholic. Uh Same sort of deal. Not always necessarily in the church, but a lot of people go out after with the Catholic side, at least in my experience. Um, uh, But uh, lots of food involved. Um, And it's a disappointment. Like, my mother still to this day will criticize funerals that she's gone to in her life where the food was very disappointing. There was one that she went to in uh, in Black River Falls, Wisconsin, where it was uh, really, I guess, pathetic finger sandwiches that weren't all that tasty. Still talks about it to this day.
1: Now, I have a question <laughs> on the etiquette of yeah. Northern funerals. Uh-huh. Um, the food that's all brought in, is that people bringing a dish as a way of kind of like, Paying their respects, or is this like a planned thing, or how does that work?
0: It's a paying respect thing. I think typically it's like the like the church, uh, like the elder type people, or like the lunch, not the lunch lady committee, but like a lot of times there'll be like the ladies guild or what I don't know what they call it, okay. the, the ladies group okay. that meets, um, and I think it's like their their thing is. Um, cause it's not like all the aunts and uncles are bringing in, you know, tuna casserole. It's, um, sometimes I think it's organized where it's like, okay, you know, there's a funeral this week. Uh, you know, and it's kind of like their way of giving back to the, okay. the community congregation, whatever. It's a community type.
1: Sure. Sure. No, I just didn't know because that is something that is very unique to the funerals I've been to up there. Did that- you
0: like the fried chicken at my grandpa's? You don't think you had any of the fried chicken? I don't think chicken. I ate any. You didn't no. eat any? It was good. It was yeah. from the gas station. I'm
1: sure that it was. It smelled amazing. We
0: had some rockin' fried chicken Yeah, from Rockin' Bob at the Pump and Pantry. And I'm not even kidding. That's uh, the guy.
1: But that's what he wanted. Yeah, it yeah. is.
0: And he loved the, the chicken from the Pump and Pantry gas yeah. station.
1: No. <laughs> gas I,
0: station chicken, everybody.
1: I, I will just say the funeral's up there as far as the reception afterwards put every other funeral i've ever been to to shame you guys not eat you know not really and it's not like we all decide to go out afterwards either
0: not even like golden corral it up or anything
1: As appropriate as that would be, no. <laughs> That's going to wrap up
0: today's episode of Real Ghost Stories Online. If you like the show, become an EPP, and extra podcast person. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Help keep us on the air. Until next time, for Jenny, I'm Tony. Thanks for listening to another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online.